Scott and Liam versus Evil. So there's this news story about a guy in Texas who was sentenced to 50 years for stealing a certain thing. Guess what it was? Um, uh, That's quite a grand thing. It could be anything. 50 it's years? Something, 50 years and it's something that you love. I think you love. I assume that you love it. A pair of cowboy boots? Uh, no. <laughs> I think food. I think edible American food. It's not even American, it's Mexican. I think edible Mexican food. Tacos? Ah, close. Fajitas. Right. Sentenced to 50 years for stealing $1.2 million <laughs> worth of fajitas. <laughs> how do you how do you get $1.2 million? Who's, who has made two, $1.2 million <laughs> worth of fajitas? Unless they're stuffed with gold and diamonds and they're only cover them. <laughs> it was a 53-year-old guy who was working at like a juvenile detention centre. And over the space of nine years, he was ordering fajitas, saying it was for, like, the inmates, but he was actually selling it on the street. And he gets sentenced to 50 fucking years in jail? 50 years, and he's got to pay back the full $1.2 million. That is unreal, man. That is a, that's a sentence and a half. Basically, he got found out because it said, uh, last August, a delivery driver uh, phoned the detention centre to give the kitchen employees a heads up that an £800 as in wait, delivery for heaters had arrived <laughs> and the employees immediately were suspicious because people at the detention centre were not actually served for heaters <laughs> and the delivery driver insisted that he'd been delivering for heaters to the detention centre for the past nine years <laughs> and apparently the guy said it was selfish, it started small and it got bigger and out of control it got to the point where I couldn't control it anymore <laughs> 1.2 million dollars worth of fajita meat <laughs> fuck's sake America's fucking weird man oh man fucking 50 years you wouldn't even get 50 years in this country for killing somebody I know and to be honest he probably did technically kill people because no one can eat 1.2 million dollars worth of fajitas especially if it's sold in the black market black market fajitas it's probably chicken how dodgy is that <laughs> probably chicken I like it I, I like how it got out of control like it was a drug habit like all the fajita meat just kept coming and I didn't know what to do <laughs> Welcome to Scott and Liam versus Evil. I'm Liam. And I'm Scott. This is episode 66 where it's my pick and we are going to discuss the 1985 little trash VHS gem directed by Lumberto Bava, Demons. I enjoy it when you pick movies because and just I get to see what you actually think of our friendship and clearly you don't like me at all. You're making me watch shite all the time. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be good. So we'll play this trailer and then we'll be back with a full review of the excellent, the sexy, the gore-fest demons. The preview you are about to watch is for a movie that is unlike any you have ever seen before. It is for a movie that goes beyond temporary fear to everlasting terror. It is a movie called Demons. Yes, the demons are coming, and they're coming for you. Warning, if you have the courage to see demons, sit near an exit. Otherwise, 
you might never get out. In your theater, who will survive the touch of the demons and who will not? Demons. With music by Billy Idol, Motley Crue, The Adventures, Rick Springfield, and Saxon. This is no dream. This is happening right now. And it could be happening to you. Demons. They will make cemeteries their cathedrals. And the cities will be your tombs. Will you survive it? Demons. So, Demons then, eh? Now, this is one of these films, right, that I, I remember the cover. I'm aware of the cover. I have been aware of the cover for ages. They try and um, big it up as if it's Dario Argento, because it's a bigger name than, uh, than, is it Bava? Is that Lamberto Bava? Lamberto Bava, yeah. Bava. So they, they try and um, sell it on uh, Argento's name. And I can see why, because it's not that good. <laughs> Lamberto Bava is the son of Mario Bava, who is like one of the first big Italian horror directors. He directed like uh, Black Sunday and Black Sabbath and other movies with the word black in them. But that doesn't make Lamberto a good director. That makes his dad a good director. Aye, but well, this movie makes Lamberto a good director, which we'll get into. But the, ba- the Bava name is still synonymous with the horror greatness. So using Bava and Argento together... Basically, I everyone that's seen this in VHS that knew what they were talking about at the time were like, "Let me get on that shit because that sounds outstanding." So is this is this movie for people who who like to say giallo all the time and know what it means? They would just have a jizz fest when they found out about this. <laughs> you talking about Duncan for missing <laughs> <on> the stairs? <laughs> no, because this this movie's the, not giallo at all. Right. This movie is this movie's more American in its kind of style. Right. The only thing I tied about is the directors. Yeah, the directors and a lot of the actors. Oh yeah, because it's dubbed, isn't it? It's it was recorded in English and then and badly then dubbed, dubbed in English. In English as well, which is a bit strange. I don't really know why they've done that. There probably is a logical explanation. Is there a version without the dubbing? Uh, perhaps because I watched it in Blu-ray. In fact, there is because there's subtitles for the Italian audio version. Right. So yeah, there will be. Because I was thinking maybe the sound quality the first time round wasn't good, so they had to redub the whole thing. But who knows? Who knows why they've done it? So the synopsis taken from the back of the VHS cover is: Demons takes place in an old mysterious cinema where all the patrons have been invited by a sinister, disfigured man distributing movie tickets. As you do, the surprise attraction is a horror movie. Several patrons are disgusted by the picture. A brutal stalking slash flick that centres around demonic possession and graphic murder. Meanwhile, a young girl who cut her face in a display mask in the foyer begins to undergo a hideous transformation into a snarling demon. She contaminates her companions and panic spreads around the cinema. In terror, everyone rushes for exits only to discover that they have all been walled in. As the evil spreads, events escalate into an orgy of bloodshed and madness, climaxing in a crescendo of violence. Escape appears impossible. That sums up the entire film. VHS covers are amazing, man. So, um, several of the patrons uh, were disgusted about what they've seen on the screen. So, were they at Cannes Film Festival? (laughs) (laughs) Also, why do they write at the back of it as if it's 
some kind of porno with orgies and climaxes because it's not. But people who are into movies like this are well, more often than not perverts. So yeah, well. the word orgy and stuff really gets you going, especially when it says young girl because obviously in the movie the young girl is actually a prostitute. Yeah, and she's also about 40. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know why they say young girl, but young girl, orgy, violence, it just it ticks all the right boxes. <laughs> Right, so my first note basically is that the soundtrack style was reminded me very much of Dawn of the Dead and the, the kind of like the kind of goblin soundtrack that was in Dawn of the Dead that was very very similar. I said they probably all shared their ideas and secrets at the you know the Hollywood swingers and cocaine parties that they all were having. Yeah, pretty much. Do you but know then, who did the soundtrack? Uh, who? <laughs> goblin. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, but then the soundtrack suddenly merges into the Alton Towers theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a good one. That was such a that was such a throwback uh, reference there. I enjoyed that. Yeah. So we're already she's she's on the train, right? This is how it starts. She's on the train or the subway, right? And she sees a reflection in the window of of some weird guy, but he's like they're going through the it's like a subway tunnel, so he's not sitting in front of you. So you assume that he's outside the train, but he can't be unless he's like holding onto the train for the side, it just doesn't make any sense but anyway she gets off the train and um, like he's the guy, he's, he looks in the window, he looks as if he's covered in paint half the side of his face, he looks as if he's a serious you know, painting and decorating malfunction reflecting this train window, <laughs> then we find out that it's actually not paint, it's like half a metal face, like a kind of Terminator Phantom of the Opera and What kind it, of paint do you use that you actually thought that was paint? On the reflection it looked like paint but then when I seen him in real life when he was actually the real guy it was like oh that's clearly a big chrome half mask face <laughs> that's his name in the movie as well uh, yeah <laughs> uh, so he he gives him the ticket yeah he gives him the ticket to go to the movie yep right and then this is when I realised like the, it's overdubbed because they just sound awful or you can totally see that the, 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 the voices are so, like so much sound so much closer than the actual images you're looking at if that makes any kind of sense because you can just tell it's not coming from the actor as you're looking at it it's coming from you know, it's been put over the top, but they all sound the same. They all sound terrible. Does that throw you off, though? Like, does that, in your actual enjoyment of movies, does the the kind of dodgy dubbing, eh, old seventies and eighties films or foreign films, does that throw you off? It kind of does. It kind of doesn't. It's kind of like you know how some people will be like, oh, I can't watch subtitle films because I'm not reading when I'm watching a movie. I'm like, oh fucking hell, man, get a grip. So I feel as if I'm kind of. Like put myself in that boat by saying I don't like dubbed movies. I don't. It doesn't put me off as such, but I am aware of it. At least, uh-huh. at least for a small portion of time, I can then forget about it as the movie goes on. But certainly, when I notice it, I am aware of it. Right. Um. So they go to the the movie theater, and they're talking about how they're going to cut class to go to this movie theater. But it's fucking pitch black. It's night time, and they they don't tell you they're at night school. So how what classes they cutting? Maybe they are at night school. No, they aren't. <laughs> But how do you know that? They've not said they're not at night school. Aye, but they haven't said they're not at night school either. Aye, so your argument is that they're not at night school because they've not said that, but they're no, they've not said they're at day school. So I retort that argument with they're at night school. <laughs> right, okay. So when they're <laughs> when they're walking towards the cinema, that's when we see two kind of, two guys who, like two guidos trying to, I think they're trying to steal a bike or they're checking out a motorbike, they're going to steal it. And then one of them goes, hey Kent, forget the bike. And I've added in, let's go rape these girls instead because it's so <laughs> fucking creepy. They literally just spy them and just like, yeah, I'm getting into that. And then they follow them into the cinema. 
you tell me that you never did that when you were younger and you were at the cinema and it was and girls walked in. You didn't like go see whatever they were going to see. No, I was extremely awkward. I never even went even near <laughs> girls. If they, went, <laughs> if they went into the film that you were going to, you actually left them in the film. Yeah. <laughs> but that's I think that's a kind of Italian thing that like I, I don't mean that to be in a racist way, but a lot of places you go, Italian guys are very forward. Very, I very forward and a very. Like, I think they really do see all women as beautiful or sex objects. <laughs> and they really, they treat them as such. Maybe not so much in nowadays, but definitely in old Italian films. But is this, they do. are you, they treat them like, so wait, is that a good thing? Uh, no. No, right, just, just getting up to tell us you. Because you said, you said Italian guys see all women as beautiful. I was thinking, right, okay. And then sex objects, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I get... <laughs> I was trying to get that across that it's not that they're not bad because they see women as beautiful, but they are bad because they see them as sex objects. I was trying not to attack everyone. Yeah, you were trying. You were, you were trying not to say that Italians are rapists. <laughs> That's exactly what yeah. I was trying. Not which, to say. which they're not. Some might be, <laughs> but not all when you say not all not all Italians are rapists but all rapists are Italian no no that's not right <laughs> no is, is there a way to say that sentence that, that doesn't make us sound horrible no um, it, it doesn't matter because I'm just going to cut what you just said there and that's all that's getting played at the start <laughs> <laughs> no uh, basically some, some people are rapists and some people aren't that fair yeah. enough right and some people are Italian and some people aren't yeah that's that is True statements, both of them are true. We have dug ourselves out of that hole. Yeah. Continue. So then um, they go into the cinema, the two girls go into the cinema, and then one of them, they see the two guys coming in to sit next to them, and our pal in the blue blouse is she's desperate to get fingered after this Italian Top Gun guy. <laughs> he actually does look like an Italian yeah. Top Gun guy. <laughs> yeah. That's fair enough, because if she's up for it, then, then all right. But then. Uh, that guy's now in. One of the new James Bond movies. Oh, really? He plays some sort of, I assume, Italian character. Italian Top Gun girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so he's way more forward than the other douchebag that comes in with the sweater turned on his neck who stands and then just decides to climb over and sit next to the pal who's not into it. But anyway. <laughs> then there's a tune that plays. Is that Motley Crue that was playing or is it just a band that sounds like them? Motley Crue, Billy Idol, Go West loads of bands like that were using the soundtrack along yeah. with the original kind of Goblin score yeah it was quite actually it was quite good because I was like that's this is actually pretty alright so far but then next we get somebody else who's been invited to the cinema by you know half Terminator Phantom of the Opera and it, it's a blind guy a blind <laughs> guy who has to ask his guide whoever she is to him what's happening every two minutes like, why the fuck did you go to the cinema? Why the fuck? I get it. Blind people can go to the cinema. You get audio-described movies. But this isn't an audio-described movie. Other part of the fact that he's asking her to describe it. I'd be like, going to shut the fuck up. There's special screens <laughs> for people like you. <laughs> Aye, there's special screens for people like him now. There wasn't special screens <laughs> for people like him back in the 80s. That, that's how blind people went to the cinema in the 80s, uh-huh. I think. But, right, here's the quick... So you get to see some other people in the cinema. There's, like, two young kids on a, on a date sitting up the back. Now... These two guys, the guy that's on the date and it's the second douchebag from um, 
the Italians that we're talking about, they're both wearing the exact same outfit. Like, literally, white t-shirt, uh, navy sweater tied around their neck. They are same douchebag outfit. They're both going to be swinging by the yacht club after this movie. Let's uh, <laughs> out. What, what if you look back at photos of us? We might look that we dressed the same back then. Obviously, I've seen photos of you when you were young, and I did not dress like that. <laughs> but I, in general, it's maybe just that's what people wore in 80s... Italy, although the movie was actually filmed in Germany, but maybe that's just what they wore, so it all looks the same to us, but actually it's not. They've got different jumpers tied around their necks. Maybe. Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> right, so the I think the movie started at this point, and you've got this lassie who's got like long ginger hair who's wearing some weird like Christmas elf green outfit that's working in the cinema. She is hey, what what is her character? Ah, fuck noise, man, because I'm just about to talk to her, because see, talk about her, because see if some <laughs> cunt was wandering through the cinema shining a torch in my eyes when a movie was on, I'd be demanding my fucking money back. Won't fly with me, sunny world. <laughs> She's kicking about just shining <laughs> torches in folks' eyes and like, come on. She is, and she is dressed like a Christmas elf. At the start, she kind of comes across as if she's got something to do with the bad shit that's about to go down. Look, she's got a really sinister face. Yeah, I thought she was something to do with it, yeah, because when she, when the uh, the prostitute was trying on the mask, like, winded, like for a laugh. She uh, looked as if she was, like, she got, when, she, when the last had cut herself in the face, as if she was uh-huh. like, oh, fuck, I know what's going to happen now. Or maybe she was just like, oh, why are you touching the stuff that's in here? Don't touch things, you know? You're not supposed to be, you're just supposed to begin and go to the film and then that's it. <laughs> you're not supposed to be touching anything, apart no. from the, the lassies that the Italian guys are stalking. Yeah. Uh, we should say that, I so there's also a black pimp with yeah. these two favourite prostitutes, which I think all pimps do. They, they take their favourite girls out for a movie night every yeah. so often. They need, there uh, needs to be some perks to the job, you know? And that is that is the perk. Get pumped rotten off of random creepy guys, but every so often I'll pay for your ticket to the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> and it's actually a free ticket, so fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, so one of, one of the prostitutes, Rosemary, uh, tries on the mask that's hanging from a mannequin that's in the foyer that is riding a motocross bike and holding a katana sword, which all makes perfect sense. So she tries that on and then in the movie... Quite a cool cinema. It's a really fucking cool cinema. Yeah. And in the, in the movie that they're watching, somebody tries the mask on, cuts himself in the face, and that is when Rosemary realises that she is also cut in the face. Just to, yes. in case people haven't seen this and don't care about spoiling it, just to put them in the picture that this is what's happening now. And so, do we get straight on this? This is when we realise that the mask cut turns her into a green slime spitting demon. Yeah, she goes to the toilet and, yeah, it bursts everywhere. And that is when this movie fucking kicks up a notch and it doesn't slow down from now to the end. Aye, right, so does she, she just starts coming in and uh, starts, you know, kick fuck at the place, doesn't she? Because my next note is back to the blind guy. <laughs> I'm like, fuck's sake, man. She, she claws our pal. Oh, yeah. To try it, find it, yeah, that's right. Because the pimp who has the best one line, like the best one lines in this entire film, everything he says, he just follows with, shit. <laughs> shit. It, it, it's so racially stereotypical, but it's also quite funny. And he sends her out to find Rosemary. And then it's a wee bit like Scream 2. Did you get that, kind of? Yeah, 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 uh-huh. That's right. She um, she climbs to the back behind the screen and she kind of rips her way through it. 
and uh, die, like almost like dies almost on the stage, just like uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, yeah, and Scream Two, yeah. yeah. Well, everyone thinks it's actually just happening in the movie, but it is going on. There, do you think Wes Craven did that deliberately because he's a fan of this film, or do you think it is just? It just so happens to be a cinema death that's kind of similar. No, I think I think in today's day and age of movie making and directors, I think that the majority of decisions will always be made on purpose, and there will always be there will be nods of the head and influences. And I think directors are happy to acknowledge that where that where they've came from, or maybe not maybe not acknowledge, but I think they do do it on purpose, and that is right. you know they take references from yeah. It's a, it's a cool reference because Scream 2 was one of the first movies that got me into loving horror. So seeing that it was a nod to this, which I also love, is really good. It gives me a wee bit of a, a, wee bit of a semi. So I want to <laughs> go back to... Yeah, no, I, I, I love it. You get a semi. I hope it's um, it's just sitting there just pushing against your, uh, your pants. Um, <laughs> just you squeeze, up out of the waistband. Yeah, just squeeze your butt a wee bit and see if you can uh, and make it a full-blown stoner. Right, so... <laughs> The, um, I want to go back to the uh, my note here, it's, and I think it must be when shit starts hitting the fan because it's the blind guy and he's a bit needy. Like, I'm like Liz needs to get him a dugger and get herself some space so she can get banged off random dudes in the audience because she's away. I don't even know if she's even where is she in the corridor? She's, she's in the corridor. She's I, killed some random guy. I don't think it's a random guy. I think she goes to the cinema with him because that is when she can slip away and get things slipped up her out the back by that guy that appeared I don't think it was a random guy I think they had kind of planned it there must be like 10 other places that she could go with a blind guy who in, so he, <laughs> that she could leave him alone like literally like a concert a, the symphony um, I don't know a fucking audio described tour bus anywhere that's, that's actually given something to do instead of just sitting there out of context listening to a movie what a wido man aye okay <laughs> Right, they start uh, screaming all the time in this movie as well, and it's dubbed screaming at that, so it just, it's like, you know, it, it, it just feels as if the actors who recorded their screams like, weren't they really into it, they weren't they scared. But how, how can you get any, see if you're dubbing screams, I've always thought that, like, how do you, how do you get yourself in that position? Because you're literally just in a fucking room, no, screaming you, at nothing. If you're getting paid to, to do sound effects, you are going to give it 110%. Do you think anyone in this movie doing the sound effects was getting paid? <laughs> really? <laughs> Free cinema tickets. Uh, uh, if you if you hate this screaming though, the sequel to this is on Shudder as well. And I've seen Demons before, I've got it in Blu-ray, but I had never seen Demons 2 until a few nights ago when we were going to record this. And it's fun and decent in bits as well, like still a bit of a kind of fun thrill ride. But the whole last third is just screaming and screeching, like kind of badly overdubbed as well. But so much so that it's off-putting. So if you if you hated that bit of this, don't watch Demons Two. So it'd be kind of like uh, Return of the Living Dead Part Two, and it's just screaming as well. Aye, two guys. Aye, aye, basically. In fact, I that is the best description. Now, my next note, now maybe you can put some context to this because I've not explained it and I can't remember what this is, but basically I think we're back to the uh, the douchebags again. And I've said, how the fuck can those two preppy pricks see her fingernails from back there? I take it that's when she's came through the screen. Was there a scene, did her, the fingernails fall off? Does that happen? Uh, 
I don't remember them falling off. I remember them having big, giant, long nails because that's how they... That's basically they turn other people into demons by right. scratching with the right. giant nails. But it must be something... Aye, it's obviously something to do with that then if that's that's kind of part of it. Aye. They, they, they've maybe just shoehorned that in because... Uh, that is the only reason that they spread the demon yeah. disease. So that's to let yeah. us know, that's to give us some context in. Yeah. Um, do you know, the graphics and the practical effects and stuff in this movie aren't that bad. The The hanging scene was good. I thought that was quite uh, yeah. quite well done, quite you, creepy. You, you say they aren't that bad, which implies that they aren't that good either. I thought the, the practical effects in this were fucking brilliant, especially for 1985. Yeah, okay, for the time they were they were alright, but I don't know, it, they were just, it almost felt like they were rushed. Does that make, do you know what I mean? Like, really? really? Yeah, like, maybe I'm maybe I'm judging them by 2018 standards, but, like, I don't, I don't know, like, it's just like, right, give them, give them, uh, fill up some fake cheeks and make pus come out and give them bad teeth and give them this uh, luminous slime and they can spit that and there we go. But don't don't judge them by 2018 standards. Judge them by at the time, especially in 1985. You were alive at that point. You were like 25. What? So just judge judge them by 1985 standards. That's when the movie came out. Obviously, if you what's a movie that's came out now that has looked fucking brilliant with effects? Uh, I don't know. Rampage. Right, I've not seen it, but I've heard good things. So Rampage is a big CGI blockbuster. People love that now. In 20 years, are you going to love it less because it looks dated? Or are you going to just remember that, oh shit, when that came out, the effects were fucking brilliant and I thoroughly enjoyed it? I'm quite, I, when you put it, you know when you say that, I'm quite excited to find out what the graphics and the effects are going to be like in 20 years' time because I can't see them getting better. But I'm sure that's what people say when they watch like fucking, I know, like. Um, King Kong? Yeah, 10,000 BC, you know that, yeah. <laughs> I just watch it for the for what it was at the time in the recent podcast under the stairs episode Duncan and his co-host I'm sure uh, Ricky talk about it and they actually they go into a bit of detail that it's really good judging old Italian movies on what they actually were they were just fun fucking illogical movies that you, you don't really need to overthink and don't judge it on the dodgy effects or the dodgy dubbing or the dodgy acting because that was all part of the fun you knew what you were getting when you went to see a film like this. Yeah. Just um, on that whole discussion we were just having when I said that the graphics ain't that bad in the moment in this big discussion, my next note is, uh, actually, they're pretty shit. Just watery fake blood <laughs> and lots of it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't... Wait, wait till you get to the, the tooth transformation scene because oh, I don't know how I don't know how you can think that's shit. I think that still looks fucking brilliant now. Oh, I don't... I don't know. Right, my next note is getting out of context, but it's quite funny. Uh, who put the pimp in charge? <laughs> the pimp puts himself in charge, that's why he's a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> now it, it's it's one of those it's one of these movies that um it all takes place in a singular location, like might obviously minus the intro kind of scenes when they're when they're bringing people in, but it's all within the cinema. They don't they don't leave. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just like um, it's a it's a it's a filmic technique, you know, to for it to all to happen in the one place. Um I quite enjoy that. It, it yeah. keeps the budget low, and yeah. th- it then makes that place. If it, the movie becomes cult, that place will then make fortunes off little gorehounds years later. Going, oh my god, that's the place from demons. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, 
Now, this is what I want to ask. Is it, you know how this weird, um, so this is this is my next note at this part of the movie, right? Weird metal face Terminator Phantom of the Opera and potentially um, Christmas elf green suit. Is, <laughs> were they, did they bring everybody to the cinema for this to happen? Was it meant to happen? Or did it, were they just going to show a movie and everybody would have left them at home and it only happened because the damn hooker footed the boot with the mask? I think the Christmas elf, I can't remember your description, the Christmas elf woman, I think has got fuck all to do with it. She's genuinely an usher at the cinema. She just, the acting makes her right. look like she's involved, but I don't right. think she's got anything to do with it. The metal face man, who's actually, remember... Like a couple of months ago, I told you a, a movie Lena made me watch called uh, Della Morte Della Moore. Uh-huh. Uh, he's actually the director of that. Right. And he's now quite a prolific Italian director called Michel Suave. Or Suave. Suave. S-O-A-V-I. But that's who that is, which I only found out a few days ago. I thought, hmm, it's quite interesting. Uh, I think he is the guy in the actual film on the screen. So I don't know if the film and the screen is meant to be showing you how the mask thing came about, like showing you him finding it and now how he is the metal face man. I don't really know. There, there isn't really an explanation. It's more just kind of make of it what you will. But I think he's lured them there because he knows somebody will foot with a mask and all the demons, the demon thing will spread. I yeah. think. Okay. Right, I've got a couple. Of, I've got a, a couple of notes that uh, run in sequence, so I'll just batter through them because it's all the kind of yep. the only bit. Right, wait, did I miss a tad? Where did Yacht Club's Doom pal get a fucking samurai sword? Like now he's that's where that's where it ends. Right, all right. Do you want to talk about other <laughs> stuff before I even get there then? Because that's that is literally one of my next is note. Is that your notes? Up. Aye. Fuck off! You <laughs> really? literally just screamed through it all. You, you've yeah. missed the the the. Like the bad guys out in the car that then came in at the cinema when she spilled the wee troll looking one spills the cocaine all over her chest and then the guy's just rubbing her nipple with a razor blade for like an extended period of time that is fucking far too creepy. I may have watched this movie after a <laughs> a long shift and done with done a couple of really long blinks. <laughs> You've not watched this movie at all. Have you? I have, well, I've, I've watched I've watched the beginning and clearly the end. <laughs> That would explain why you don't enjoy it. Go back and fucking watch it. Right, wait, so there's cocaine and bibs in this movie? <laughs> Aye, there's like, there's guys in a car that are meant to be the, the bad, the bad boys, and then they're, they're basically sniffing coke out of a can of coke. Clever. And the guy like, he sniffs it up a straw and he's like, oh, that shit will wake the dead. And you think, oh, wake the dead. Although it's not to do with zombies, yeah. so that <laughs> reference doesn't really fucking make sense anyway. But they then, they get stopped by the police they run away and they shoot fuck you pig and they get into the cinema but before that she spills the coke all over her tits and the weird guy next to her just starts cleaning it off with a razor blade and it's just a scene with this little nipple and razor blade just rubbing against each other for easily three or four minutes but that's, that's an exaggeration about 50 seconds it's still a long time it's a long time to see nipple and razor blade and no really much else going on <laughs> There's also a scene, where is my note? Uh, yeah, the tooth changing scene, which talks about the practical effects. Uh-huh. I think even now, seeing a, a mouthful of teeth and the, 
the, the current teeth getting pushed away with these fangs coming in. That looks brilliant. It looks real. Yeah, no, I, I do remember that scene because it's like two kind of sharp Nosferatu kind of fangs that's in the middle, isn't it? Uh-huh. And yeah. it's, yeah, it it does it does look good. And it does look good because you can just zoom straight in. They just zoom right into the mouth and you could make a model of teeth. I mean, the dentists do it all the time, make teeth models. So you could, and it's uh, easy enough done. Well, not easy enough done, but it's practical, practically possible. And it does look good. So I, I agree with you on that one. What else has been happening? Well, just to put Abdels in the picture, basically all the demons, they try and run away, the doors are all walled up, they get up to the balcony and block themselves in the room, they then hear voices, so they try and unblock themselves, even though it's clearly the demons, everybody turns into a demon, and then the preppy guy, one of them gets clawed, and he's outside in the foyer with the other preppy guy and the girls, and that is where... Also, just with our preppy guy, and that's where they see the big mannequin thing on the motocross bike with the katana sword. That's why he picks up the katana, and then that's where your notes are. Right, so when I said, wait, did I miss a tad? I clearly missed a wee bit. (laughs) (laughs) You clearly missed 50 minutes (laughs) worth of film. (laughs) So, where the fuck did Yacht Club's Doom Pal get a samurai sword? You just explained that. Now he's a sleeveless, motorbike riding, sword swinging hero with his own rock theme. Fuck off. I was like, all right, it's only, it was only one sleeve head off. I was like, they try to be the Evil Dead. I was like, quite a bang, quite a banging tune though. I know, wait, he's got two sleeves off now. I don't understand where your gripe is at that scene. Well, did they, you when you you started watching this? Did you expect at one point he would be riding a, a dirt bike through a cinema with a samurai sword, <laughs> cutting up demons? No, you didn't. But are you glad it happened? Yeah, you fucking should be. Right now, the next thing that happens is pretty big. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> right now, how do you how do you even a, a helicopter crashes through the roof of the cinema? <laughs> That's not how a helicopter crashes into a building. We're we're for Glasgow. I was in town the night the closer happened. You know, <laughs> that's all I need to say about that. I I I I guess it. Do you know? I thought you would really like this film, and it's only when I done the poster a few nights ago and sent it to you, and your only sentence back was, "Oh, that fucking helicopter!" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh shit, Scott didn't Scott didn't enjoy this movie." They literally <laughs> just place like a, a cardboard helicopter down into the thing, and its rotors aren't even moving it in. You've got to think about it, right. They've got say ninety minutes to just have fun and just have a wild ride. So they've locked everyone in within the first 10 minutes there's no way out the whole point of it is that there's no escape the only way they can get out is if something crashes through the roof what would crash through the roof a helicopter (laughs) (laughs) they they, they wrote themselves into a corner and the helicopter was the only way out and i'm fine with that is this is this what they call one of the x is is that the filmmaking technique that ex machina when literally they have a movie and then to finish it they just write something completely bizarre or like way out of left field just write it into the movie so they've got a way to end it I think some movies probably go like that this movie was kind of bizarre from the get go so I think they they planned the helicopter crash from the very start (laughs) okay so then they start fighting uh, Terminator Phantom of the Opera but he was uh, then impaled with an iron rod through his back just like Arnie was now, even if this movie came first, I'm still saying they copied it. <laughs> Wait, when did this come out? 
85. And when was Terminator? 84? I think Terminator. Oh, no, wait. Was ter- uh, he gets stabbed with Iron Rod in Judgment Day. When was that? Uh, Judgment Day was the, Judgment Day was in Nin- the 90s. 91 or something? All right, okay. Right. Yeah. All right, well, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> you also missed the... Obviously, Dawn of the Dead came first. So the helicopter being used to kill zombies or demons. I thought that was quite good in this film, where he turned the propellers on just as the demons were getting closer. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was actually pretty was good. just taking heads off. Yeah. Uh, another reason why the helicopter was there. I completely forgot that they, they, after the helicopter crashed in through the building, that they managed to, <laughs> and, and landed on top of cinema seats at a jaunty angle, <laughs> they managed to start it and fly out the roof. I forgot that that <laughs> happened. It's totally, totally plausible. Totally plausible. <laughs> uh, you were right by the Terminator was 84 and then Terminator 2 was 91. Right. But yeah, the helicopter thing was... Because then that, that gives him the reason <laughs> or the way of escape because he goes out in the helicopter and lo and behold, he finds a gun that shoots a grappling hook. I <laughs> <laughs> <As, as> you <laughs> would. <laughs> which he then shoots through the hole in the roof to get him and her up to the roof where they then encounter Metal Face Demon Man and impale him on the pole yeah. like Terminator that came out to yeah. six years after yeah. it uh, so what was your note after that? My note after that is um, he won't really be that bummed when his bird is shot out of the jeep he only met her that night <laughs> and <laughs> I don't, true I don't really know what happens but the, where the fuck did the jeep come from? the jeep I think was just driving down the street but yeah, so she, basically you think the last girl, or the final girl, she then is not the final girl, and gets turned into a demon, and it's only the preppy guy that survives in the car with random people, and it just oh, drives yeah. away in the credits start setting right. up for Demons 2, which then didn't it actually follow that story, no, it, 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 totally, yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just took Demons and placed it in an apartment block. With some of the same actors playing different uh, different characters. <laughs> right, bro, that's, that's just been better. So I think that's pretty much all I've got in terms of notes. <laughs> From a movie that you watched 20% of? Well, hey, I was a wee bit more than 20%. I think I was definitely kicking about the 80% mark. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what you say here, I'm not going to believe you, and I think you should go and actually watch it when you're wide awake, because I think you'd get a whole new appreciation for it, but... Go on and give me your final your final summary. All right. Final summation. It's not terrible. There are a bunch of plot holes. The bad dubbing makes the acting feel shit. The graphics range between brilliant to shit and everything in between. I still can't tell if I was if it was meant to happen or not. Strong man, weak woman cliche. But it is fun. Not like real fun, like day drinking on a sunny day fun, but like reading a good magazine article fun, you know? And I give it a uh, five footer and hookers out of ten. So if we had actually watched the full film, I think you'd have gave it a seven or an eight. <laughs> right, eight, eight's pushing it. Seven sounds about my usual score. See, after I found out, I realised you weren't going to like this film the other night. I thought me and you have such different kind of expected results for horror. Like you're very, especially just now, we are very art housey. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think in your horror, you want questions and answers. And at the end of it, you want, you want to have felt like you've worked to get that answer. Which there's nothing wrong with, obviously. It's like a kind of psychological horror thing is maybe more your game. Whereas I don't want any questions or answers. I just want you to tell me that 
this coconut is going to turn into a gremlin and it's going to kill people. So here's 90 minutes of this coconut gremlin killing people. I don't care why the coconut's a gremlin. I don't care why it's killing people and I don't want any survivors at the end. I just want it to be a fucking roller coaster of fun. I just want practical effects, fulfill my bloodlust. Whereas I think you're more of an intelligent horror fan that you want you want character building and you want like a, a story that is logical. Yeah, I need I need I need more from you. I need more yeah. from you. <laughs> you need fucking Kirsten Stewart pretending to act or thinking that she can act. And get her tiny tat is it? I think we can also always yeah. agree that um boobs in horror movies is like the kind of way to go. See, I thought that until the boobs in this movie that you never even fucking realised were there. Aye, <laughs> I missed them. Co- cocaine boobs. <laughs> Proper cocaine boobs. Mm. But I, so I'm going to keep throwing these kind of type of films because I don't think you would watch them otherwise and you'll keep throwing me the kind of psychological ones that I probably wouldn't watch. It's took 60, 65 episodes, but I finally realised like how what? our chemistry works. Yeah, <laughs> how, how we're meant to do it. <laughs> Letting each other experience <laughs> the other side. The other side? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but actually, all I could think about when I was thinking about, right, how do I get this across that we've both are, I've got different opinions of horror, and I can't come up with the term that you're a Blumhouse bum bandit. <laughs> <laughs> because, <laughs> because you want mainstream kind of psychological thinking horror, whereas I just want fucking stupid just horror that I can turn my mind off and it doesn't matter. I don't need to think about it. I don't need a reason. Although, with that said, I've got a real newfound appreciation for Italian horror now because obviously a lot of the stuff Duncan talks about in their Italian series and watching this again and getting a lot of the kind of the Italian movies that have been re-released in Blu-ray, like I'm enjoying them way more now which are all kind of slow burners. Some of them, not a lot happens. So I've completely contradicted saying that I love the the mental, illogical horror. But I like everything. And I think you like everything. I just have to bring that out of you with these bonkers movies a bit more. Yeah, well, sometimes these bonkers movies do hit hit a good chord with me and I do enjoy them. You know, like I watched something that's from a while ago and it it just totally resonates with me and, and sits well. But other times... I watch them and I'm like, what? Did people even like this when it came out, let alone like it now? And other times you don't even watch it. You just <laughs> tend to watch it and do a fucking episode on the, 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 t- the 20% that you watched. You know what? For, for missing a couple of key scenes, specifically long long boobs, I I think I managed to hold myself pretty well. <laughs> you did. You did. Pat in the back. I think what was good then is last year where we both loved a ghost story. Uh-huh. That was quite good because that's more your Elke horror than mine. So you, you want to find the kind of older movie that you pick that I love? Uh-huh. I, I want to find the old Grindhouse movie that makes you think, fucking hell, that was fun. I would watch that again and I would I would seriously consider that being in my top movies. Yeah, that's it. You you need to find the one, not just one that I like or one that I enjoy. You need to find the one that I'm like, that is in my top 10 of all time. I accept that challenge if you accept the challenge of actually staying fucking awake <laughs> when you're watching the movie. Okay, challenge accepted. Right, deal. 
Uh, so yeah, Mar, I loved Demons when I first I first seen it years ago. I can't remember how. I think it was uh, it got released in DVD, and the cover art was quite cool. It was like kind of black and white punk graphic uh, drawing. Mm-hmm. I thought that sounds oh, that looks quite cool. We check that out. Watched it, loved it. Cause I could shut my mind off and just it was daft and enjoyed it. Watching it again for this, yeah, I love it even more. Uh, I'm doing that a lot recently. The more I rewatch things, I'm like, oh my god, these movies are fucking amazing. <laughs> like, how did I not? How have I not loved them for even longer? And I thoroughly enjoy this. I'd give it a an eight out of ten, solid eight. All right, all right. So we're going to take a break just now. Let you go to the. In fact, don't go to the toilet because we're going to play an advert for something that you should listen to. So stay where you are. We'll do the same, and we'll be back uh, after this with uh, a brilliant book review. Hey everybody, this is Tim Dorn. My name is Gareth Evans. Hi, I'm Nacho Vigalondo, director of Time Crimes and Open Windows. Hey, this is Graham Skipper. Hola, soy Macarena Gomez. Hello, this is number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler. Yo, monkeys, it's me, D-D-P. And you are listening to The Little Pod of Horrors. Which, as you know, is the best damn idea since premarital sex on Halloween. Jason Voorhees! It'll make you come hard. And that's not a bad thing. That monkey is a good thing. Bam! You can find The Little Pot of Horrors on simplysyndicated.com and on iTunes. The Ultimate Guide to Strange Cinema by Michael Vaughn. This, uh, this book is out uh, on paperback on Amazon for about £30 out on Shiffer Publishing. Um, and this is this is a compendium of strange cinema. It's a compendium of genre cinema, the weird, the wonderful, everything in between. It's not necessarily horror, but it's, you know, everything that... Uh, every movie that's discussed in this book is worthy of an episode of Scotland Lane vs. Evil. And it's split into... Categories that range from action adventure, cars, trucks, and choppers, comedy, crime thrillers, drama, fantasy, horror, which is the only category that's uh, organised. They're all organised alphabetically, but horror is organised by country alphabetically. So there's a lot of horror in this book. And then finally, sci fi. And uh, what Michael Vaughn does is he has picked out all these movies for all these categories, gives a, a small kind of synopsis and a small review of each one. Uh, you get all the information with that. You get your dates, you get your directors, you get your cast. You get also at the bottom of each uh, one, you get sometimes you get recommendations for movies to pair these with, to double them up. Movies go with each other, which I think is a really good feature. Also offer some trivia for each movie as well. Do you know, this? it's one of these, it's a book, right? Because it was sent, sent to us to review. And the good part about this a compendium is it's we can read the intro when Michael Yvonne tells you a bit about himself and how he get into cinema and horror and all the rest, and it's it's really interesting read. And these reviews of all the movies are well put together. I was able to browse through the book and pick out movies that I'd seen, read the reviews that he'd um, they'd written, and to figure you know to so that I could have a, a a basis of comparison to see where his kind of writing style was at and where his movie you know his likes and his dislikes. And I found myself agreeing with what he had to say for movies that I'd seen. So then I found myself 
going through and when I hit the drama section, that's like your art house kind of strange genre cinema and I thought, I want to see every single movie that's in this section. And, you know, so this is like, it's right up my street and it's that, and for that section alone, that's the very, very reason that I'm going to buy this compendium and I'm going to have it on a coffee table in my living room. I don't have a coffee table in my living room, but I'll buy a coffee table to put the book on so it sits out every time. Like, I literally cannot praise this book high enough. And I'm not just saying that because um, we're reviewing it. I, I really think it's a fantastic book for for anybody that loves genre cinema. I, I agree. Uh, it was You obviously followed it on to me. And I thought, this is going to be another thing that... Like, we've reviewed some things in the past that, maybe because we've been asked it, and we've maybe not, well, uh, me personally, I've not been entirely convinced with it, but we've still talked about it as if we have loved it, and I don't want to bullshit these anymore. Like, I'm not going to say I recommend anything unless I actually enjoy it. I'm sure Scott's very much the same. Yeah. Uh, so if you hear an advert for a podcast on Scott and Liam vs. Evil, if you hear us reviewing a book or talking about what we've watched that week, if we say it's good, it's because we genuinely believe it's good. It's not We're not just feeding you shit that we may have done in the past. I'm not pointing any elbows or any fingers eh, at all, but I just want to be honest because fucking life's short, man, and you've not got time to listen to us bam up some eh, TV show or cartoon or book or comic that actually isn't worth your time in our eyes. So this book, I started reading thinking, oh fuck, this is going to be one of those ones that I'm just going to have to uh, bluff through. By page two, I was like, oh my God, this is fucking brilliant. And then by the end of the horror section, I was in the exact same as you, Scott. I'm like, I'm, I need to buy this because yeah. some of the movies he picks out are really obscure, but they even blow my obscure choices out the water. I'm like, where the fuck did they find that? I have never heard of that film, but I'm going to track it down now. It's it's such a good read for fans of all cinema, yep. not just horror. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I fully agree with you. It's a it's a brilliant recommendation. It's a brilliant book, and it's well worth well worth a read. Yep. And I just want to um, point out so that you'll take movies from all time frames as well. So you go way back to the fifties, and you get some right up to date, like the last year or two. And just for kind of scrolling through it, I I'm wanting to check out. Uh, just and this is this list is not exhaustive, but from his book, check out uh, Lost River, Julian Donkey Boy, Dogtooth, The Reflecting Skin, End of the Line, Horsehead, Sleep Tight. I'm a cyborg, but that's okay. And the creature from Hillbilly Lagoon, and that's me just you know scratching the surface of yeah. what I want to watch from this book. The creature from Hillbilly Lagoon sounds like one that I'm going to pick in an upcoming episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be the one that I love. But yeah, that is. Uh, the Ultimate Guide to Strange Cinema by Michael Vaughn out on Schiffer Publishing. So yeah, we totally recommend that book. I've not finished it because it is a coffee table book, you're in and out. But right now, I would go as far as to say it's a five-star book for me. Yeah, yeah, it's very comprehensive. There's a lot of stuff in there, there's a lot of content. So believe us now, when we recommend something, it's because we actually want you to check it out. It's not just because... I was going to say because we're getting paid to. We're not getting 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 paid paid. to. (laughs) Uh, It's not because uh, we've been talked into it. We're we're doing it because we genuinely want you to check it out. So on that note, Scott, what have you been watching this week? Anything good? Anything art house and shit? Um, No, well, I've uh, I've been falling asleep through a lot of things. (laughs) I uh, I started... 
Yeah, well, I, I fell asleep through the beginning of Santa Clarita Diet Season 2, so I can't discuss that yet. I started to watch The the Rain, the the, tea, the Dutch, I think it's Dutch. Ah, right, Dutch okay. TV show on Netflix. Now, it's, I really, really wanted more from it. I don't know exactly what it's going to be, and I don't really have any desire to finish it. You know, I'm, I'm about three or four episodes in, and I don't really have any desire to continue watching it. Now, the, it has been a running joke this episode, but I did shut my eyes at the end of episode one <laughs> and opened them at the beginning of episode two, so I didn't miss a lot. But I missed, I missed, I must have missed the screen that said six years later because the wee annoying brother was like eight, and now he's like sixteen. He's still annoying as fuck. He's a really weird actor. I don't really know what's wrong with him. Like he literally <laughs> seems as if he's got some kind of condition, but that's not explained at all. Um, so I just didn't get it, you know, and it's. I was jumping between either watching it in original Dutch with English subtitles or watching it dubbed over in English. And as I've already said in this episode as well, that throws me off dubbed programs. So I don't know. I don't I don't uh, recommend it. I might finish it. I might not. I'm not really fussed, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much all I've watched. I'm surprised at that because you, you were quite excited about this coming out. Yeah, post-apocalyptic, you know, end of the world, no society left, you know. <laughs> I was like, yes, but nah. Uh, is this you starting to realise that the post-apocalyptic things maybe actually been done to death and it should really just be fucking killed and buried for a while? No, I was just hoping that they can maybe do it right. I think the uh, end of the world is the one where Seth Rogen and James Franco done it right when uh, what's his face goes away and becomes king of the rapists. <laughs> uh, Danny McBride. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that is the most realistic end of the world movie I've ever seen. So you want a TV series that's all about people? Just being like just a gang of rapists at the end of the world. No, I'm no, I'm just saying that that you can't ignore the fact that that these people exist. Like I'm just, I would be <laughs> Seth Rogen and James Franco. Like that's where I'd be. But you know, there will be people that they are just going full on Mad Max. You would be a hundred percent Shannon Tatum in that film. Don't yeah, you, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. even pretend that you would yeah. be the fucking chained up gimp. Yeah, well. <laughs> Hey, as long as you give me a comfy bed and something to eat each day, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> uh, I'm actually quite interested to check that out, but obviously not in a rush now. Yeah, no, I don't. I wouldn't rush to get. Maybe I'm missing something, but um, no, I don't. I don't recommend it. I've been watching Happy. Uh, oh the, yes, the new series that's on Netflix based on the Grant Morrison comic book. Uh-huh. Uh, I'd read that a few, well it was a year or two ago it was like a four part series and I really enjoyed it and I forgot they were meant to be making it for TV and it came on Netflix and I was like yup give me some of that shit and it's outstanding it's so good man have you watched it? Uh, yeah I've watched uh, episode one and two I watched episode one uh, when I was in Spain for my honeymoon Lauren was away getting ready and I was just like the flat had Netflix and, I, and it came up like, because it was brand new at the time, it was like that weekend it came out, and I thought, oh, what's this? I thought, I fuck it, play, and I was like, and straight away, when he's in the bathroom, and he, and he shoots himself with two guns up his face, and then you just get that kind of psychedelic scene where he's dancing, where his brain's floating about, and all the, 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 the hookers or the strippers are dancing around about him, and he's doing this wee dance, I was like, this is amazing, <laughs> and, uh, and, it, and it is, and I've not, I need to go back and watch watch the rest of it, but it is, it is fucking brilliant, and it's so well cast as well, like, I forget the guy's name in the lead role and I forget what else he's been in, but he's brilliant in this. 
And then you've also got um, Peyton Oswald as the the voice of the unicorn as well. It's, if you've not, if you're not part of the Facebook group and you've not seen our post about it, it is about a kind of disgraced detective who gets in kind of about a, a, some beef with the mafia, and then a little girl gets kidnapped by a big kind of pair of Santa Claus and her imaginary friend, who's this little blue unicorn voiced by Patton Oswalt, finds a detective and tries to get him to help find the little girl. It sounds wacky, and yeah. it is. It's the directed, written and directed by Brian Taylor, who directed Crank and yeah. the new Nick Cage film, Mum and Dad, and it shot that same fucking just wild batshit way. And the, it's Christopher Maloney that's in the lead role, who has been, like, bit parts and loads of stuff, but never really been a lead. And this takes him from, like, a uh, average decent actor to... This guy's one of my favourite. He's, like he's, like, a violent, angry Dr. Cox from Scrubs. Yeah. So, but what is... Um, he's, he always, he's played cops, isn't he? Is that not what he always played? Well, when I, I text Perry saying... He's like a violent Dr. Cox. He was like, oh, he actually plays like Dr. Cox's, like a kind of similar role to Dr. Cox in a couple of episodes of Scrubs. And I was like, oh shit, so he did. But I can't, I can't remember the character's name, but it was like Dr. Cox's rival. Right. Uh, so he's always played just wee bits in TV and movies. And right, I've got him in Law and Order, Special Victims Unit. I've never watched that. No, I mean neither. <laughs> um, True Blood. Yeah, no. Nope. Uh, Harold and Kumar get the munchies. No, aye, but it's called Harold and Kumar go to White Castle in America. Uh, because I can't they didn't think we, they didn't think we would know what White Castle is, but they, <laughs> that's all they talk about and they explain what it is in the movie. So, thanks America for thinking we're that stupid. He <laughs> uh, was in Superman: Man of Steel, um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Uh, so I'm assuming these are all kind of bit parts and stuff in these yeah, movies because he's yeah. not obviously in any of these. Yeah, he yeah, definitely is because I, I don't. I've seen like a lot of those movies and I don't remember really yeah. being in them, but he's he's that the casting of this is fucking tremendous. He's so good in the the lead role. It's just a angry, just bastard detective. Do you know what he's in? He's in a movie called Murder in Greenwich, which is from two thousand and two, which I bought ex rental from the video shop, and it's a true story about some rich family. I think maybe even like upstate New York who. They were connected to the um, Kennedys, the like JFK and stuff, the family. So the guy, he murdered his girlfriend and he was about 15, maybe about between 15 and 20. And uh, this is about, and I think Christopher Maloney plays the cop who investigates the murder. The dead girl is played by Maggie Grace, who speaks to you as the viewer from beyond the grave. And uh, in real life as well, the detective is was the same guy who worked on the OG Simpson case. So it was actually quite a good movie. Really? I, can only, I can only assume you fell asleep during that as well. The fact yeah. that it's called... What's it called? Murder in Greenwich. Murder in Greenwich. And it's based where? Some, somewhere maybe north of New York? Or maybe based in Greenwich, Scott? It's based, <laughs> yeah, it's based in Greenwich, yeah, but I don't actually know where, where that is. <laughs> as far as I'm aware, it's in New York. Uh, yeah, let's just I, say it's there. Happy, definitely check it out. It just get, Each episode gets more and more crazy. And it's fun. And yeah, like how many how many um, episodes are there? There's eight, so uh, it's easy to power through that then. Aye, see because each episode is like forty minutes long. It's quite it's an easy thing to pick up, put down, and then go back to the next night. You don't need to binge it, but 
once you watch one episode, you'll want to binge it because it, it really is that good, in my humble opinion. If you don't yeah. like it, then you're fucking wrong. So, yeah, I think I might go back, actually go back and continue it for, uh, tonight, actually, after we're finished here. I think. It, the guy that plays the big old creepy Santa is the guy who was in a couple of Jane Silent Bob films and he used to be married to Shannon Elizabeth. You oh, rec- really? you recognise his face, yeah. He's, he's just been dressed up as the creepy Santa. I just know I've not really seen his face yet. I, you don't. You only kind of see it in wee bits. Because I, I, I was like, I recognise that guy's face slightly. Is, um, is he a big fat guy? Uh, he's fatter now. He used to right. have kind of, kind of dreads. Like when he was married to Shannon Elizabeth, he had dreadlocks for a while. But he then took them all away. And then Shannon Elizabeth left him. I don't know if any of that is... Uh, <laughs> Connected. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if she just loves a big uh, dirty haired man or not but yeah that, that's who it is which is quite cool mm. so yeah so check out Happy maybe check out aye uh, if you're bored and you've got literally nothing else to do check out The Rain but all definitely check out Demons and don't fall asleep during it Scott yep and also yep I'd check out Demons and check out The Ultimate Guide to Strange Cinema and uh, yeah don't fall asleep during things because then you just bluff and bullshit your way through things Unless you're, unless you're a good bullshitter like me, then you can, you know, batter it. You've got a good, good bullshitter, although you still admitted at the end that you hadn't actually watched half it. Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm too honest. That's the only that's <laughs> my problem. It's my downfall. Uh, we'll be back in uh, a week or two with your pick. Yes. And I'm sure that'll be a slightly born, slow born. I'm sure. Sh- no, nope, I'm sure it'll be great. Maybe, maybe we've already seen it. Maybe we've done it already. Maybe we're doing it again. Maybe who knows? Well, I bet you we have done it again, That's... but you just can't yeah. remember actually fucking watching it. <laughs> so, yeah, tell everyone where they can find us. Yeah, as always, you can find us online, Scott and Liam versus Evil dot com. You can find us on Facebook, um, forward slash groups, forward slash Scott and Liam versus Evil. You can find us on Twitter at Scott and Liam versus, and you can find us on Instagram at Scott and Liam versus Evil. If you, this is a wee bit of kind of one-on-one kind of quiet time now. If you've listened to us for a while, if if you're a new listener and you're not on the Facebook group page, you don't interact with us, drop us an email. Let us know you're listening. We we see in SoundCloud there's a lot of people that are the same listeners and have been over time. We, We want to get to know you, want to speak to you, so drop us a message or join the Facebook group or come on Twitter just do something let us know what you like what you don't like and yeah just talk to us man yeah you can you can get that email at scott and liam versus evil at hotmail.com that'd be great if he's getting in touch unless you've actually been listening because you find this is like tantamount to abuse and you're actually punishing someone by letting them listen to you <laughs> don't Saving let us up know. All, the, all the dodgy stuff we say is evidence <laughs> don't let us know that because that might worry us too much but yeah. if you like us let us know uh, yeah. and go on iTunes and give us a review and a rating preferably five stars we don't accept anything less and just let other people know why they should be listening to our sexy sexy voices yeah so see you guys peace out <laughs>